0: I'm Dale Steyn. This is the Geek and Friends podcast, and if I was you, I'd turn it off right now. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Geek and Friends podcast. My name's Peter Miller. I'm joined by my sidekick, Dave Tickner. Hello, Dave. How are you?
1: <laughs> Hello, Pete. I'm all right, mate. Thanks.
0: Good. Good. It's been a while since we've done one of these, so I thought probably I should dust off the call recorder software and yeah. and record a podcast. Really. Didn't we? Didn't we
1: try and do one, but you were drunk and it didn't really work.
0: I mean, There's every chance that that's yeah.
1: I think I think I was in the office, and you you were at home in your pants drinking wine, and all of those ready. things sound very likely. Yeah. Um, if memory serves, it was a load of old shite. was from everything else we've ever done, but I think we decided it was unusable. I think it was going to be about four or five hours to edit it into any kind of shape, and you decided it really wasn't worth it. <laughs>
0: It's probably not really worth the hour it will take me to cobble this together, to be honest. I do actually spend some time editing these things, although people wouldn't necessarily think that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You should hear it before he's fucking edited
0: it. Yeah, it's dreadful, dreadful. Anyway, I've been busy. I've been away working for the Caribbean Premier League, which is nice. Some excitement. Um, I got to go to Miami, St Lucia, St Kitts, Barbados and Trinidad. It's a filthy job, but somebody needs to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, working hard, aren't you, mate?
0: Well, I, I worked pretty hard, but I did work pretty hard in literal island paradises. Um, so there is that. But yeah, uh, we thought we would talk about stuff that's happened in the cricket world. So I thought the first thing we could talk about was um, Middlesex being relegated for finishing with fewer points than than Somerset.
1: Yeah, I mean, a scandal, a genuine disgrace that, you know, you you relegate a team... For having fewer points than than the other teams that finished above them, I mean it's not how it worked last year, so I don't know how why it's suddenly the way that it works this year.
0: <laughs> I just like the idea of the 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 final round of the championship every year just ending in a court case with loads of barristers. Yeah, and like yeah. what we'll do is we'll have the, the the sporting competition and work out who finishes where in that regard, and then basically whoever has the best lawyer. Yeah. Then Let's the thrash
1: out the final standings. The
0: final standings. Yeah, you may have finished first Essex with more points than anyone else with Simon Harmer and Jamie Porter being brilliant and blowing sides away. But sorry, you didn't employ a good enough barrister. It's a
1: bit like how like the judges' scores count for half and then the witless public's phone votes count for the other half. Because... The Twitter poll. Let's have a Twitter poll to see who wins.
0: Because who wants to listen to experts? This is Brexit Britain, Dave. No one's interested in the, the experts who've spent 30 years studying choreography. who want to find out whether or not Anne Whittacombe makes it through to the next round. we not
1: have got Norcross on if we were going to do this.
0: Yeah, Norcross and Strictly. I mean, basically, if it wasn't for the fact that Dan Norcross tweets about Strictly Come Dancing, I wouldn't know that Strictly Come Dancing exists. How is he not
1: on it in some form? How, you know...
0: He needs to speak to his agent. He really does need to speak to his agent or get a better agent. One or the other. I mean, I can you imagine? I mean, if Norcross was on Strictly, if Test Match Specials, Daniel Norcross was on Strictly Come Dancing, I would watch, I would watch it. Watch
1: the shit out of that.
0: I mean, I'd, I'd, my phone bill would be ridiculous as I vote for other people. So we went out in the first week. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so it was just a bit crazy because the thing I didn't really understand with it, right? Okay, so basically, Middlesex got relegated because they had a two uh, point penalty for uh, not bowling their overs quick enough, which came off their bonus points, which is what happens not very often in county cricket. Because what I've noticed in county cricket, there's a lot of times that they'll go in at lunchtime and it'll be minus three, and then the umpires will have a bit of a chat with each other, and all of a sudden it's down to minus one, and then they'll yeah. bowl a bit quicker and it'll be back to zero. And it's very rare that you see a team lose points. And I think one of the only times I've seen a team lose points was Glamorgan against Worcestershire two seasons ago, where Glamorgan, uh, um, Brett D'Oliveira scored a double hundred. Uh, ben Clark scored one of the best hundreds I've ever seen ever. It's a hell of a player. Um, and then Glamorgan ended up being something like four wickets down for about 40 chasing five hundred and fifty for four declared or something along those lines. And then it just absolutely sheeted down for two days. Just rained and rained and rained. Um and because Glamorgan had bowled quite slowly as they were being thumped around, they ended up losing points. Now I don't see how that's any different from some lunatic firing a crossbow and the game having to be cancelled because of it. Because
1: And what What's different is According to Middlesex's version of events, and this comes back to what you've just said about how oh that minus three, ah, I call it minus one, is the umpires, isn't it? The umpire supposedly said, ah, "Don't worry about it, they won't, you won't, you won't lose points." And to me, that's the mistake here. That the only mistake that was made is you know to take Middlesex at their word is that they were given some assurance that they wouldn't lose points. Why were they given that? Why? You know, and this ludicrous idea that Middlesex allowed the Metropolitan Police to abandon the game. Imagine if they tried to get everyone back on. Come on, lads. I know the police have uh, cordoned everything off and cleared everyone out, but we're going to go back on and bowl five overs of off spin quickly. And that's the thing as well is that in they were batting at the time they were batting at the time at
0: four thirty with about thirty overs to go, and they weren't far enough ahead to declare, So imagine they were going probably going to bat for another ten overs and then bowl some junk at the end. But then, as well, the idea that their defense was well, we were planning on bowling some joke off spin to catch up with the overrate is in any way a defense for not bowling quicker when the game was actually on. All it does is point out that the rules are
1: bollocks anyway. There's a really
0: good piece yeah. by George DeBell, which kind of goes without yeah. saying because it's DeBell, where basically what he was saying is that, look, there needs to be a change here. And actually what it does is it highlights the farcical nature of this. So what yeah. you need to start doing is you need to start saying that overrates are done by session or by day rather than by
1: match. Because oh, if you're least by innings. Yeah, by innings, but whatever. come out and bowl some crap and go, ah, overrate doesn't matter. Yeah, Buy your, over- your overs properly in each innings. It's not, it's not well, hard
0: overrate something that really fucking winds me up, right? Because bowling your overs within a certain amount of time is actually quite important for two fundamental reasons, right? The first one doesn't matter so much in the county championship. But basically, broadcasters are paying a lot of money to broadcast this spectacle, yeah? And they need to know how long it's going to take. So they need to know that it's going to start a certain amount of time to a certain point, right? And ultimately, it's TV money that pays for cricket. And you need to keep your customer happy. And that's the broadcast people. But then as well, on the other side of things, for the spectator, if the spectator's there and they're trundling along at 11 overs an hour and you're like, do you want to hurry up then? What What's the delay? Because when they're behind on the over right, you see it in the 2020 because they have in-game penalties. Because they have in-game penalties, if you've not bowled your overs quick enough in the 2020 blast, you lose six runs for every over that's not bowled. And you see how quickly the cricket has moved then. Yeah, because it's kind of this—it's this nebulous thing where bonus points are kind of like, oh well, you know, if we lose a couple of bonus points now, why does it really matter? Well, I think Middlesex have shown this year why it matters. So ultimately, the only solution I can see to Middlesex's problem here, Dave, and and it's a radical one, I grant you, basically, bowl your overs quicker in Division Two next year.
1: Yeah, they should—they should have bowled their overs quicker. They should also have been less shit at cricket. Those in two attention. things would have prevented and, them and being relegated. At
0: point. And then as well, I mean, because the thing is, you had the the situation last year with Durham, right? And I, I'm kind of a bit agnostic about all of this, if that word makes any sense in that context. It kind of does, doesn't it? Basically. Yeah.
1: We'll gloss over it. Carry on.
0: We'll move on. We'll move on. No one noticed. <laughs> it's a good job <laughs> I didn't highlight it.
1: Yeah, it's the main thing.
0: But I kind of understand... Why, no, I do. No, I don't kind of understand. I understand 100% why Durham needed to be punished for financial mismanagement, right? In essence, the club went bankrupt. And it's not fair on other teams if they fan- manage their finances properly and they don't get penalized, right? And I know that's kind of the waters are kind of muddied a little bit there because other people have had the opportunity yeah. to have people come along and bail them out. Yorkshire had that situation. um Glamorgan did a deal with their debtors um where they could with their creditors where they could just say right okay look we're not going to pay you, be able to pay you this amount of money but we'll pay you that all the rest of it but Durham got themselves in that situation where they hadn't managed their finances properly and i understand that they did that because they wanted to build this stadium and all the rest of it and the ecb told them they needed to build the stadium but they still need to live within their means yeah. what i didn't agree with was the fact that the punishment went across two seasons rather than just one if you see what i mean yeah. so if they'd said to them right, you're staying where you are for this year, but you start next year on minus 48 points, I'd have been like, oh, okay. Or if they'd said, right, you're relegated this year, but you start next year exactly where you were. That kind of... I'd have been there going, okay, that's fair enough. But to do it across two seasons and across... They
1: destroyed two seasons, didn't they? It felt a bit...
0: Yeah, and in three competitions as well, where they, they punished them in all three competitions... So, you know, they clearly wanted to make a statement. I think that's where the ECP went wrong. I think they were too heavy-handed in their punishment, not that the punishment was given to them in the first place. But in this instance, I just have so little sympathy for Middlesex. beyond no, no, the don't... fact that I like the club and I like the people involved in it. And... Yeah, and, you know,
1: it was an unusual event, wasn't it? Let's, let's not pretend well, that not... Crossbow get winged into county championship matches all the time. But all that would have enabled... if If that hadn't happened, it would just have enabled them to... Sort of sneak through a loophole, possibly. That's it. It's not certain that they would have been able to get that overrate back to where it needed to be anyway.
0: Well, it could have started but, raining at any point. That yeah, happens
1: in the English right, summer. Yeah. Was, yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, the weather was set fair. Fuck off! It's never set fair in England. It's
0: just you know, the it's, big, the biggest. I think the people that made the biggest mistake in all of this, in my mind, and you kind of alluded to it before, Dave, was the umpire saying it was all right.
1: Yeah, that, because that. Fundamental not... error Because that did give Middlesex, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know, <laughs> the, I'm not a trained lawyer, but that did give them a hook to hang their bullshit appeal on, was, well, you know, if the umpires say, you know, oh, it's all right, don't worry about it. But that's sort of the problem is that that is too often, and you see it in test matches. You know, I've argued for ages that the way to improve overrates in test matches is punish the umpires when they overrate slow because it's not always the bowl inside batsmen slow the game down batsmen are changing gloves batsmen are having a drink batsmen are you know calling a fella on in a bib to you know wipe their ass or whatever it's the umpires need you know who should be hurrying the game along it's the umpires responsibility they are in charge of running the game and making sure the game runs as it's supposed to run
0: or the other solution for slow over rates which is one i've mentioned a few times on twitter before now which is basically for every over that isn't bowled within the allotted time a member of the bowling attack that's bowled during that day loses a finger
1: yeah and it's perfectly fair
0: it's completely proportionate so basically what you do i mean i'm not a monster you draw lots wouldn't you to work out who's going to lose a finger you put names in the hat right so and, say, you know,
1: if it's a spinner, you'd go, well, that's unlucky. You bowled your overs quite quickly. But yeah. it's collective responsibility. collective
0: responsibility. And I'd let them choose if which they finger have. they lost first. But, I, you know, I think all it takes is one umpire with a set of garden shears chopping off a pinky and the overrate problem's gone forever.
1: I think you've, I think you've nailed it.
0: I mean, it's a, bit, it's a bit Daily Mail in terms of, you know, I mean, Daily Mail commenters
1: almost, really, isn't it, rather than yeah. Daily Mail. I mean, it's the sort of thing that if you were to write it down, it would have to be in full caps. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make it a bad idea.
0: No, certainly not. Certainly not. Anyway, that's all sorted. Let's
1: move.
0: Over-rates. Tick that off. Bowl your overs quicker. But no, in all seriousness,
1: because you never know when someone's going to wang a crossbow into, into the field. I mean, that's prepare for all eventualities. That's true of cricket and life. because the only way to stop a bad person with a crossbow is a good person with a crossbow. So if Middlesex had gone out there and armed their batsmen with crossbows, maybe there wouldn't have been a crossbow fired into the ground at all. But they didn't, did they? So no sympathy. Relegate. Satire. Next. Satire. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about something else there. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah,
0: you were talking about something else while talking about something else. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's suppose... Very clever. It was quite subtle, and I think I, I was quite pleased to pick up on it. But in all seriousness, the thing is, like, where where overrates are the biggest issue is when the cricket's quite slow as well. So if you've got slow cricket and slow overrates, it just makes it torturous to watch as a spectacle. you just got to keep the game moving, and that's why those rates are there. And I think um, there was the
1: the response was, from the... they're always They're always there on the scoreboard. You can see when you're behind... Don't take the chance of ending an in innings behind on your overrate. You don't know whether you're going to get the chance to make that up. You know, it, I just i just got so little sympathy for it.
0: Well, and the response from um, the response from the disciplinary committee, which just went look overrates are overrates, just bowl quicker. I think was kind of, you know. But um, I, I'm pleased that Middlesex agreed with the Metropolitan Police that the game should be called. Yeah, that was good of them. Yeah. Right. Let's move on. Let's dead. Of talking about Middlesex and their overrates. Because to be honest, that's the only thing I remember from the county championship season now. Yeah, nothing, um,
1: yeah, Well done, Ethics, but
0: Yeah, but ultimately it's just it's all about it's all about the boiled piss generated by people not bowling quick enough. Um uh yeah. So let's talk about the upcoming Ashes. It's a bit early for a preview, but in all seriousness, the way that this podcast's gone, because I had to look through before we started, and the last podcast I did was published on the thirty first of March. <laughs> So there's a good chance that I just won't do another podcast for
1: another six months or whatever. Um, let's talk about Instead the happening in the next six months. That's the thing. I mean, we so basically you haven't done one. So that was the whole. That was count the county cricket season 2017 on the Geek and Friends podcast. That was that was it. Was it that 15 minutes of me and you talking about... about crossbows and overrates?
0: Uh, crossbows and overrates is the only and coverage punishment from the year before. It's the only coverage of county championship cricket that I've done on the Geek and Friends podcast. I mean, in in my defence, I will point out that I've been to a lot of county cricket, um, most of it involving Glamorgan, which is probably why I just want to move on. Uh, they, They did all right in the 2020, actually. And I think it has something to do with the fact that I spent the entire duration of the 2020 competition in england this year five thousand miles away and didn't watch any of it
1: mainly your fault
0: so basically every other year where they've done badly where i've gone to every game it's been my fault so there's that right let's talk about the ashes now the big story of course the one that everyone's talked about that's got loads and loads of newspaper coverage just endless endless chat is the fact that dave warner called it war you see what i did there yeah yeah,
1: yeah, it was yeah quite, again it was, it was, was quite subtle wasn't it
0: it's was a clever podcast this week
1: your um, expectations were confounded and from thence the
0: humor arose so yeah i mean we we, we need to talk about dave warner because dave warner
1: i think I'm, he, pleased. I'm genuinely pleased because let's face it he comes up with all these personas and they're basically just slightly different flavors of bell end and <laughs> I'm glad that he's, you know, you've got to be true to yourself and he's a prick and he's gone back to being a prick instead of pretending not to be a prick and and that can only be a good thing for his, you know, development as a, a person and, it, you know, it means that the Ashes might be slightly funnier and I'm all for that. So I'm glad, I'm glad he's being Dave Warner again instead of just this fucking reverend bullshit.
0: Be true to yourself. Bring back the bull. That's that's what we're saying. What we're saying is that if, if, your, if your default position is to scream to raid to foul most abuse at, abuse at people on a cricket field.
1: then, then it, But it, you see, you've got an inbuilt advantage as well when you're David Warner, because he is also, by happy coincidence, the self-appointed guardian and arbiter of where the line is. Yep. And so we can be sure that however David Warner... David Warner may be in the Ashes, he will butt up to that line, but he won't cross it. Unless
0: someone does something that's exactly the same as what David Warner did, but they're not as but astute. They're not, they're not as astute as judging where the line is at that particular yeah, moment they time. Might, they
1: might judge the line because in their defence, the nebulous concept of the line exists in David Warner's head. So it's, it is easier for him. But, you know, that's just... You know, again, that's the advantage he's got, and he's he's right to use it. Absolutely, good on,
0: good on him, good on him. Oh. And then, and then, well, he also had some comments to make about the other reasonably big story, didn't he? Which was Ben Stokes yeah. allegedly being involved in an incident outside of a nightclub in Bristol. Well, the yeah.
1: the, the good thing about that was that he once again revealed because he he insisted again about four or five times in in his various interviews. How he's completely over the punishment he was given in 2013 for swinging a fist at Joe Root or whatever it actually happened. He's completely over, it and that's why he barely mentioned it—only seven, eight, nine times in the in the three interviews he's given—and why once again he, you know, he only brought up the fact that there was no video evidence of this, and he'd love to know where the video. But he's over it, and that's the main thing that 4 years on is not still banging on about the video evidence of his altercation in the walkabout
0: when J- joe root was had a beard on his
1: face or something a wig on his face and was wearing it as a as a hilarious beard yeah you can just ah
0: the other thing I really enjoyed I've was done the done the fact that the Daily Mail sent someone to Amsterdam to take photos of Josh Butler and Josh Butler yeah. and his mates throwing a big black dildo at each other. Yeah.
1: Well, well, the the brilliant thing about that was there's...
0: I mean, does this still count as an Ashes preview, talking about the big black yeah. dildo in Amsterdam? I don't yeah. know.
1: Defi- Steve Finn's big black dildo is definitely Ashes content. Because he's in
0: the squad now, isn't he? So...
1: Yeah, so he's in the squad. Um but the beauty of that is that this whole story was, you know, it, it was sold in that way that tabloids do is just days after. You know, it's it's the same thing that happens when England get knocked out of a football tournament and one of their players dares to do a smile when there's a camera nearby. And so they get caught smiling when they should obviously be locked in a room, flagellating themselves. It's just, just hours after. And it's like, so just days after Ben Stokes got in a fight, some lads went to Amsterdam and had a lovely time. Because there's absolutely nothing, there's no suggestion anywhere in that story. None of them were arrested. They just went on a stag do. And then a stag do happened, and that was it.
0: The kind of thing that tends to happen on stag do's is people fling giant black rubber cocks around.
1: Get drunk and muck about. And sort of have a nice time, and then they go home.
0: If if anything, the only... The only victim in this is the rubber cock.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we we all feel very badly for the rubber cock. <laughs> um, I think you've just, a...
0: I think you just named the podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, I can't remember. I think it might have been Dave Kidd, but yeah. one of the journalists tweeted, and it was a really interesting point, because this was all at, around the same time that um, Deli Alley got banned for giving Kyle Walker the finger during an England game. And there's this strange thing that the tabloids have with swearing where they're so puritanical about swearing but everything else is fair game. And in that day's Sun they had pixelated Deli Alley's finger because that was that rude but not pixelated Stephen Finn's big, big black cock that he was swinging about that's that's it's quite interesting that you know the the finger was Deli you know, Delhi Ali's finger would cause more alarm to sun readers than Stephen Finn's big black rubber cock just thought that was interesting
0: yeah yeah and it's you know kind of something about something about the tabloid press and all the rest of it um I'm quite pleased that we've got Twenty plus minutes into this podcast and haven't actually mentioned cricket yet.
1: Yeah,
0: I think yeah. that kind of you know I'm sums up
1: this point that we've covered: crossbows and dildos. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <we've got that. laughs>
0: but I suppose we probably should do some hashtag analysis of the upcoming Ashes. Now, I'm convinced Australia will win, but I don't think they're as good as perhaps, or as strong favourites as perhaps people think they are. Is no, that- I. I- Sort of. But then
1: I thought that I thought that in 2013, 14. yeah. Well, that that this is it. I sort of think that if England had got their shit together this summer and answered literally any of the questions they went into the summer asking, I think they would have had a really good chance. Because I don't think Australia are quite as good as Australia think they are, and I think that a lot of Australia's flaws actually mirror a lot of England's flaws that. They're very reliant on one or two batsmen and the middle order bailing them out. Um, but yeah, I think England, you sort of feel like we, we assume, I mean, Stokes isn't going to be involved, is it? It's. I think it's quite embarrassing that they haven't just gone, right, well, he's not going. And that They've sort of desperately tried to find some way of clinging on to both Stokes and their dignity. And I don't think there's a way to do it i think they should have you know whatever, whatever the police investigation ends up with the the breach of sort of team discipline and you know what he's done is enough that missing an ashes series feels like a bare minimum suitable punishment for it you know it's it, you, you can't be doing what he did
0: no it's a very but, shit look um,
1: very shit look whatever the reasons for it it's 2 30 a.m outside a grotty student bar in freshers week swinging punches at people it's not it's not good and whatever else comes of it missing an ashes tour feels like you know that, that's a minimum punishment for that for me um it just, yeah i feel like australia sort of should be there for the taking for a side that had everything in place, but England are not that. Well, the selection
0: of the squad, I think, sums up the fact that they hadn't really sorted out any of those issues. Because basically, they've not replaced Andrew Strauss since 2012. They've never found an adequate replacement for Jonathan Trott. Um, And they dropped Ian Bell, in my opinion, earlier than they should, and they've never found a replacement for him. Yeah, well, they've Um, never
1: replaced Peterson. You know, we're still...
0: Yeah, I I don't know. know,
1: that, That middle order just hasn't... You know, when one of the arguments, we go back to Peterson, it's so, so, old, such old news now. But, you know, one of the arguments then was, oh, well, we don't need him because we've got trot, bell, and balance, and that's our middle order. So we don't need Peterson anyway. And it's like, well, that that lasted about six more months. That it's, we haven't got uh, a middle order, we haven't got a top of the order, we've got. We had our third best batsman batting at six, in Stokes. We're probably still going to have our third best batsman batting at six. It'll be Bairstow. It, I mean, I
0: kind of feel like Bairstow, in a way, has replaced
1: uh, the runs that Peterson would have uh, given you. That's probably fair. Um, um, it's just, how's the answer, James Vince? What was the fucking question? I
0: d- I d- again, I think it's kind of it's this it's this weird. This weird, weird thing that England squads have done for a while, and it's brought them success. So, in a way, I'm kind of, I kind of have some sympathy for it. But what they've done for such a long time, all the way back from when they decided to pick Va- uh, Vaughan and Triscothic under the leadership of Hussein and Fletcher, was they were there saying it's more important that we pick players that we think have. Uh, the technique and the mental attitude to succeed at this level than it is someone who succeeded in county cricket now I have some sympathy for that because if you think in terms of the people that have come into the England squad and done very well who was the last person that forced their way in with weight of runs and then succeeded
1: you, you're right but they sort of And I'm was... not,
0: this isn't defending the selection of James no, Vince because no, they, they tried like it and he failed
1: but I than... Gothic were obviously great successes in that regard but and you know when they, they when they've picked people who they weren't really that interested in just because they've scored a load of runs that hasn't worked but these gut feel right stuff picks haven't worked for a very long time either
0: well, I don't know Moeen Ali was one of those and he's yeah, worked out pretty well I um, still th- I think they flopped
1: that though didn't they because Moeen Ali is a vastly better cricketer than I think anyone realised.
0: I think Ben Stokes almost was one of those picks when he was picked for the 2013-14 Ashes.
1: Yeah, you may be right. I've maybe a bit harsh. I do, no, I just think.
0: I just think in terms of like, look <laughs> in at- terms
1: of batsmen, they haven't. They haven't found a top order batsman in a very, very long time.
0: And you look at the guys that have come in, they've come in with a, with a track record of success. You know, Adam Lythe came in having scored so many runs for Yorkshire. Matt, Sto- uh, Mark Stoneman's done pretty well for Surrey this year, albeit at the oval where it's, a, it's taken over Taunton. Now that Taunton's got the hilarious piss boiling antics of them raking pitches, which I'm all for, by the way, every pitch they should do. Yeah. That. Um, uh, especially because if Somerset had that done to them, their fans would be furious. <laughs> They'd be so angry, which would be hilarious. Um, so, I, I, but he's not, he's not set the world af- uh, alight. And then, you know, I, so it's kind of like they're, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place really, aren't they? In that their gut picks haven't necessarily come in and done brilliantly for however long. And then also, the guys that have scored loads of runs in county cricket have come in and they've not necessarily done brilliantly well. Um yeah. but it does mean that players
1: from here as well might be that Trevor Bayliss has only heard of twenty English cricketers.
0: Yeah, but it's not Trevor Baylis's he... job to scout cricketers. And I think no. he's and, and 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 there needs to be some collective responsibility. You know that you've got guys who are directors of cricket at county championship clubs whose job it is to watch county cricket day in, day out and be able to go to Trevor Bayliss and be strong enough to say, look, I know you've not seen this guy, but he deserves to be given a go. You know, um, and ultimately, if you think in terms of in terms of the people that have come in to the one day setup and done well, the more the bigger indication of success has been the fact that they've gone to the Lions and succeeded than they have succeeded in the the one day cup. Yeah. in this country so it's kind of like you know i think uh, i think the days of when county cricket was the precursor for you going and being a successful international cricketer are over and they've been over for a long long time they've been over 15 years 16 years do you know what I mean it's kind of it's what 99 2000 when they started looking at things differently um so i don't know i mean you know i feel for sam northeast and i don't know what he's done wrong um but banging out 1,300 1, runs in Division Two of the County Championship is neither a guarantee that you're going to be selected for England nor a guarantee that you'll be successful once you do. No. Am I being too am I being too kind to England? I get accused of that.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think they've fucked it, mate. Just sack them all, I reckon. Um, Just Sack everyone and start again. But the point
0: you were making about how they haven't really set out to answer the questions that they wanted to answer at the beginning of this year. um, although And as well, the answers that they have found, have then not, you know, Toby Rowland-Jones was fantastic and the lads injured, which is terrible yeah, that, for him. Um, that's,
1: that's unfortunate.
0: Because I think he would have gone and done quite well. because I think he's he
1: have been very handy yeah. in Australia. You know, there's this idea that, oh, you've got to have pace, you've got to have pace, but you haven't, have you? You haven't got to be express if you, if you get it right. And- and you know he gets about, he gets good players out as well. You know I know what you're saying like you know county cricket's no guide, but if you look at Toby Roland-Jones in county cricket for the last few years, he doesn't just get wickets, he gets good wickets. He, gets he and he's taking
0: wickets. taking good wickets on flat pitches in Division yeah. One. Yeah,
1: in Division One at Lords, and you know taking getting good players out. That's that is significant, and that's what he has done for a long time. And he, He's a big miss, to be fair. He would obviously have been in the squad. Yeah, I mean, would,
0: yeah, would I mean de- you're missing Stokes and you're missing Toby Rowland-Jones, and then you've also got that issue where you're there going, right, okay, who's going to bat three? Dunno. Who's going to bat four? Root. Who's going to bat five? Like mean, It's the same situation. Like, before, like, since uh, Trott left the Ashes Tour and Peterson was fired... They've had the same you know and 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 uh, Carbury didn't succeed. You've had that same issue that you haven't replaced numbers two, three, and five yeah. you know and 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 I think there's an argument to say that England miss Trot now more than they miss Peterson purely because they do have the likes of if you've got that six uh five six seven of stokes Bearstow, Moeen. I think that covers yeah, for what Peterson... And then could behind it. And then works behind it. I think that kind of covers what you've lost in terms of Peterson. Not that I'm saying that I'm happy Peterson went how and when he did. I think I'd have much rather seen him playing for another two, three years for England as a test batsman. But I think that's kind of been covered more than the issue they've got in terms of not replacing Strauss or Trott. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. I just think and how many times have we seen England over this summer where they've been you know it's been Bairstow and Stokes and Root that have covered up for the fact that numbers 1 2 and 3 haven't necessarily succeeded and you know uh, Alastair Cook is going to be the most successful test batsman of all time when he overtakes Sachin Tendulkar in his 199th oh. test but he can't do it every single time and it just puts so much more pressure on him I just hope going to Australia not as the captain means that we yeah. can refine that 2010 11 form.
1: You know, it's it's, a, it's such an obvious thing to say but it's it's so true that you you can't see any way that England get anywhere in this series without Cook and Root scoring an absolute tit full of runs. Um
0: but it's the same for it's the same for Australia if Warner that,
1: and Smith that, don't you know, succeed. If Warner and Smith don't succeed, you know all the vulnerabilities that England have are, are there in Australia as well. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that this is some team that, oh, you know, we've got no hope. It's They'll sweep us aside and, you know, it'll probably be 5-0 again, won't it?
0: Probably. I mean, the thing is, you can't see anyone in that Australian fragile physically, if not mentally, or from a cricket point of view, bowling lineup, doing what Mitchell Johnson did. And the thing is, no, I still I, can't I, quite believe that Mitchell Johnson turned into the bowler he did in the 13-14 Ashes. And I don't think... Like, I still think back on it and I'm like, I just... Like, I like to think of myself as a reasonable judge of cricket, watch quite a lot of it, spend a lot of time thinking and talking about it. I didn't see that coming and I don't think anyone else did. Um, perhaps no. maybe Glenn McGrath. But, you know, if you predict that a team's going to win 5-0 every single time, then... Well, and I suppose he's been right. He's been right it. more than he's been wrong over the last little while in fairness.
1: You know, he'd get good odds on five nil. He'd be up if he backed it every time he's tipped it.
0: Do you think do you think he'd be, he'd be, he'd be in profit? He'd be in
1: profit, too. By a yeah. lot or I don't know, what do yeah, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, by quite a long way. It'd be quite a good price, five nil. Yeah. Certainly last time. Yeah, I mean last time.
0: Yeah, I still don't I mean I'm sat in the room now where I'm gonna watch the ashes uh it, it, the, the the radiator doesn't work um and i've got a little sofa bed where i can have naps and it's just so much more fun if england aren't absolutely awful
1: i think the 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 start of the series is is huge isn't it you know with with england's recent history in australia if they can get out of brisbane not behind a day night test in adelaide might suit england could play into their hands a bit could suit their bowlers well the interesting thing from a
0: coverage point of view is that if they do if uh, bt do what they did um for the women's ashes game that was on tother night they'll just have the channel 9 coverage with alison mitchell potentially throw into the studio and then some studio guests there as well right? and that means that we are going to have to put up with five tests of the score being the wrong way round
1: yeah yeah, we are. That's worse than 5 0, isn't it? I mean,
0: it's an important point. No, it's not an important point. No, it's but it's not still, an point. Point. It's still but a point. It's still a point. I pointed it out the other day and just got lots of people trying to explain to me why I was wrong. And I don't think I am. I think, no, I think it should be runs first because you don't chase wickets in the second innings, do you?
1: No, it's runs first. But batting teams score runs at a cost of wickets. Whereas bowlers bowlers take take
0: wickets at a cost of of runs. runs. It's not complicated, Australia. It turns
1: out everyone else in the world is right and the one country that does it differently is wrong.
0: So it's basically Australia, it's like... Australia with cricket scores is like America with semi-automatic weapons.
1: (laughs) Exactly the same.
0: That's what I'm saying, is that you're the one country that's getting it wrong and you can do better. That's what I'm saying. You know, I like you. You The rest
1: of the world is just looking and just can't understand... This mad obsession you have with cricket scorelines being wrong. We we'll put up all the graphs of you know countries where cricket scores are done wrong, and it's like zero everywhere else. And then America, America, Australia, all the scores done wrong. It's everyone's just shaking their head. The Onion are writing satirical articles about it. It's like, come on, Australia, you know, have a fucking word with yourself.
0: Get the get the get the cricket scores right, and. Vote for marriage equality and I reckon you're getting Get there as
1: Get the right way around. Stop debating whether gays are people and you'll be on the right track.
0: Absolutely. Right. I think on that very worthy note, we should probably call this podcast to a halt. Uh, I've been Peter Miller. I've been joined by my sidekick, David Tickner. I'll be back again with a podcast at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they could be the distant future if we're being honest it could be a while before I get around to doing one of these. I'll try to do them a little bit more often. I've got a bit more time now I'm not in the Caribbean. Do um, something in
1: the ashes, won't you? Do something. Yeah,
0: I'll do something. I'll do something. And I've, I'm at home now until like January when I need to go back to the Caribbean again.
1: Oh, and I might go I
0: might go to China again in February. Yeah, why not? Why not?
1: What way do they do the cricket scores there?
0: They do the cricket scores the, the proper way in, in Hong Kong. All four of them. Yeah, you should, you should, uh, you should come, Dave. Tell the wife and the newborn baby, I'm sodding yeah. off to, I'm sodden off to China with Peter to watch some T20 Blitz.
1: Yeah. To be fair, love, they do do the cricket scores the right <laughs> way round.
0: <laughs> right. Before we uh, go any more into the long-suffering Mrs. Tickner, thank you very much for listening. Take care, guys. Bye.
1: Bye.